Do not spoil what you have by desiring what you have not. Remember that what you have now was once among the things you had only hoped for. That comes from an ancient stoic named Epicurus. And welcome to Inside Scooper number 15. Let the shame to your family continue. I do my best. Today on the Inside Scooper, we have a bit of an evolving episode. It's growing little weird legs or something? Now we're messing with some of the formatting. Dumb. We're still going to go insider cast meetings. We're still going to preview this week's shows. And we're still going to do a little DNA extra. Okay. But this week, instead of inside shit, we're going to do scat cast conversations. Okay. We're going to talk to a good friend of mine a comedian and MC, a guy who also knows Dan Cummins, and we have a couple Dan Cummins stories in there. Name dropper. But his name is James Roadkill Riggin. Old Roadkill. He and I have collaborated on a ton of crazy things over the years. Most of them legal. All of them legal for all intents and purposes. And he's moved away to Oklahoma, and I'm sad. But I'm happy for him, and we'll chat at the end of the show. But let's get the show started. This is the ScatCast cast meeting. Cast cast. We're going inside the cast meeting, yeah. Inside the cast meeting, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Angus Blackburn Jr., and I stole the recording device from the office cast cast meeting so that we didn't have to fucking listen to that shit, because what do you want? You want entertainment, and that's what an Angus Blackburn Jr. brings you. So I took you to the grocery store with me. I hope you don't mind. Uh, what are we looking for us again? Yeah, I brought this Russian guy with me because he just followed me. I'm, I'm tired of cast meetings. Well, you're hanging with an Angus now. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'm getting a phone call. Yo, Angus here. Dude, where the uh, fuck are what's you? That? Oh, it's Dave. Uh, I'm at the grocery store, I'm, dickhead. I'm the dickhead. You're supposed to be at the cast meeting, you fuck ass. Right, well, I'm in charge of getting refreshments this week for the rap no, party. No, you are not. No one would ever put you in charge of that. Oh, yeah, man. And I got the company credit card, too. Nope, nope. That's not good. Yeah, what kind of chips should I get, Dave? No, well, uh, crunchy Cheetos and jalapeno Fritos. I knew you'd be the voice of reason. Will you just get your ass back to the goddamn meeting? And Angus arrives at his cast meeting precisely when he gets the chips. Yeah, yeah, bring the chips. Hurry up. All right, so we got a big cast, so we always spend a lot of money on getting this shit. I thought maybe this time we could get a cake. Yeah, why would we want cake for rap party? Because cake is delicious, and it's a celebratory thing. Okay. I'm also pretty sure it's an Illuminati thing, but it doesn't matter. It tastes good. Why are you being obsessed with Illuminatis? I'm not obsessed with it. I'm just an expert. You are an expert on the make-believe organization. No, it's not a make No, it was founded May 1st, 1776, Adam Weishap, Bavaria, Germany. Okay, what's that have to do with today? What do you mean, what's it have to do with everything? Okay, how does Illuminati affect your life then? Oh, Slav, you sleepy sheeple. I've got some bit shoot links I think you'd enjoy. Uh, I don't think so. All right, whatever. We're shopping for the Scout Cast Cast. Is that right, Cast Cast? It doesn't matter. At a wrap party, you gotta have booze. That's key. But so, everybody seems to like different booze. Like Gunner Halifax is Mr. Blue Moon Beer or whatever. I like vodka mixed with tang. Well, that's not stereotypical at all. Whatever. Everybody has different tastes. Like Dave, for example. He likes a good bottle of Guinness, but he also likes Cheetos crushed into it. That sounds disgusting. It's worse than you think. But since I don't want to be here all day, I'm just gonna grab Coors Light and people are gonna deal with it. I don't like beers like that. You'll drink the Colorado Mountain Piss and you'll like it. Now we return to the Scat Cast offices. And that's why if we don't go to the safety okay. meetings... Yeah, 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 I get excommunicated Jesus. out of the fucking country. Bye. All right, well, there's lots of dangerous stunts on both Gunner Halifax and yeah, Liam's show this stunts. week. We bought a bunch of green slime from Nickelodeon this week. Dumb. It's glow in the dark. It's going to be all over the set. But he does know this is a podcast, right? Yeah, I don't think so, but we don't have the heart to tell him. Yeah, but I mean, there aren't any cameras around. It's just audio yeah, equipment. He's a dumb fuck. Move on. Now I have a quick question? Yeah, Gunner, go ahead. Now, where's my fucking Russian guy? Yeah, we have to do a table read in like 20 minutes. Yeah, I think he left with Angus. Oh, here we go right here. What is up, my bitch? Cheers. I brought beers and I brought cake. And I brought tang. And I got tang and I got chips too. Give me my credit card back. It's the company's credit card, Zachary, and I'm the company. Just give me the card back and stay out of my desk drawer. I was just looking for the, the stuff. Angus, you can't drink at the cast meeting. It's 8.30 in the morning. I haven't slept since Saturday. Oh, no, you're doing great, Angus. Hey, why don't you shut it, whatever your name is? Hey, real quick question, Zach. Yeah. Do, uh, can we do dabs in here? Uh... 
fuck? Yeah, Zach, can that dude, bro, use a blowtorch to smoke weed in the office? Hmm. Washington State is, you know, at least a little cooler than it used to be. Yeah, you guys should put that bong down because we have a whole day's work. To, no, okay, I'm good. this is how I work, bro. Now give me that shit. Yeah, give it to Doctor Smokey. I want to smoke the shit out of you. Nah, I guess I'll take a rip off that too. So safety meetings—they're dumb, huh? Very good. Fuck being safe and making smart decisions. Woo! No, that's not. Fucking, that's not what we're saying. Let's do a music festival. No, fuck. Here we go again. I'm out. We're now getting kicked out of the cast meeting. Yeah, we're getting kicked the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, the last little dig was at my penchant for making music festivals happen. What the fuck is your deal? Well, I saw this event called Pig Out in the Park in Riverfront Park in Spokane, where I live, and it just blew my mind. And since then, I've met the event organizers. My band has played it a bunch of times. We've got to headline it once or twice. And, you know, we work behind the scenes of it. Okay. Yeah, we being Monique and I. Yeah, she did all the work, though. Yeah, for sure. But basically, I started doing music festivals in my 20s, and I kind of want to do another one. Well, now that you're older and wiser. I definitely should know better by now, but eh. So you left Time Suck so you could sit in your pajamas, mm. fucking talk to yourself, and yeah. plan stupid music festivals? Yeah. I've never been happier, actually. Well, that's fair. Follow your bliss and whatnot. Well, thanks, Steve. Also, you're dumb, but, you know. Yeah, you keep telling me that, but I know all the state capitals, bitch. Uh, a lot of good that does you now, I'm sure. It does not. But now let's preview this week's shows from the Scatcast universe. Oh boy. First of all, today on Scatcast TV on the old YouTube, we're going to press our luck with another nature show from Dave and Angus. It's uh, another full one where they watch Wild Kingdom. It's going to get us another strike. Oh well, watch them while they last. Well, I think they're dumb, so whatever. We know what you think. Then Tuesday, Scatcast. The biggest chunk of my dumb week. It is where a lot of energy goes for sure. But we have found another great nursery rhyme to share with you guys. It's about the three billy goats gruff. It's so dumb. It is pretty dumb. Then we're going to amble through religious history with the Council of Nicaea. More Christian bad from the dirty atheist. I am not bashing Christianity. That's not what I'm doing here. Well, it seems like it. All ideas can be scrutinized, including the ideas of God. Why not? Because well, you're not supposed to do that. Well, why would God make me this way then? We'll discuss it on Tuesday. Ugh. And we continue the sagas of both Liam the Monster Hunter Fantasy Dumb and the Adventures of Gunnar Halifax. Space Dumb. And half of the premise of this week's show came directly from one of you. Who, me? No, a few turds in the shitbox were talking amongst themselves and I really enjoyed what they were talking about, so I incorporated oh, it. A collaborative Dumb. No, I'm excited. This is going to be a fun week for Skitscats. Gross. Then on Wednesday, we've got the Dipshit Files. It features my amazing co-host, and really, I'm the co-host, Mrs. Scriptkeeper. The only voice of reason in this damn company. That's actual factual. Yep. But this week, my wife and I are going to delve into a bunch of oddities, so we're going to not do the serial killers. We're going to show you what our version of looking into the goofy shit on this planet is. Can't wait to skip it. That's Wednesday's Dipshit Files. And then for our Thursday show. Yeah, two more dipshits. I don't know about Dave. One and a half dipshits. Right. This is Dave Nangus telling us about their show, The Dave and Angus Show, this week. Now it's time for Dave and Angus to talk some shit right now. What's up, guys? It's Angus here and the other guy. I'm, I'm Dave, and we're driving to a video game trade game store. I got the company credit card again. And permission this time. And Angus, and Angus is a dumb fuck precisely when he dumb fucks. Whatever. We're buying a bunch of video games. Right. For decoration on an audio-only podcast. We do spending, dumb. Right. Well, this week's show, we're going to focus on video games. Yeah, man. We live in Washington State. Let's like home base to a bunch of stuff. Microsoft for Xbox. We got a Nintendo home base. Yeah, Seattle might be Jet City, but it's also pretty much video game city. I'm sure there's a few cities that would dispute yeah. it. That for sure would. And we're going to talk about our favorite games of all time. Yeah, which was not easy to figure out. Definitely not. So what was the hardest game you ever played? Now, the game that frustrated me the most of all time was Assassin's Creed 3, I think, or maybe it was 2. Oh, shit, back in the day. Now, you had to climb up these fucking chapels very mm. delicately, and then, you know, if yeah. you just did a little slip, you fell like 500 <laughs> feet and you died, and you had to start over, and you're right. like, fuck you! 
What about you? What was your most frustrating game? Remember the game Ninja Gaiden? Oh, yeah. It was like every kid my age's dream when I got that. I was like, I get to be a ninja now. And then I was like, I'm very frustrated at trying to be a ninja now. Right. That game was very difficult. I bet you there's a martial arts out there somewhere that's easy. I very much doubt that. Well, we're both about the same age. So what would you say was your first game you ever played? I think the first game I ever put into a console and pushed and started that was mine was uh, Super Mario Nintendo NES. How far we've come. Yeah, but I played the arcade stuff forever. Right. So what was the first game ever? It was probably Pac-Man. Mine was a game called Snake Pit. This goofy dude would jump over like snake pits or something. Actually, when I think about it, it was probably Oregon Trail. I think all of our first video games was Oregon Trail. Oh, yeah, where you die of cholera in like three minutes, and you're like, shit, that was dumb. I don't remember people beating that game. Yeah, but we didn't really rank games like that. We ranked games like our favorite games. There's a lot of modern games on there, and there's a couple classics. It's really all about the feels, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and we had some rules. You can only pick one game from each franchise. Right, so if you like Star Wars games, you can't pick all the Star Wars games in your top ten. That's right, or Super Mario. Right, so we got a kind of a fair list. Well, it's a dumb arbitrary list, but we'd love to hear your list. We'd at least love to know your favorite video game of all time. And if you'd like to go a little further, what's the most frustrating video game you've ever played? Yeah, and that doesn't mean the hardest game ever. It means the game that made you want to punch folk. Yeah, what made you throw your controller? You know, I grew up with a Game Boy, but I only had like two or three games because my parents were like, right, no. Yeah. And I had Tetris, and fuck, I tried so hard to get good at that game, but oh, I almost <laughs> threw that fucking Game Boy into the street so many times. Now, Tetris isn't easy. Now, fucking song. We grew up at a great time for video games. We did, man. It's like video games evolved as we aged. Now, they're like, here, little kids, here's a little 8-bit thing for you. Yeah, then we got a 16-bit Sega Genesis, and we're like, whoa. Right? So we'll talk about the evolution of that, and we'll also talk about how they tried to make video games like the reason people did bad things. Right, and when they were 8-bit and 16-bit. Yeah. They've been saying video games will make you a naughty boy since, like, Commodore 64. Yeah, and that argument never really fully goes away, no. despite ample studies showing that, you know, it doesn't actually correlate. Yeah, people didn't decide to murder each other in the 40s because they were playing Call of Duty. Right, and Hitler didn't try and take over the world because he was kind of good at risk. Well, now it's a board game. Now you ruin the whole yeah, thing. Whatever, join us this Thursday on the Dave and Angus Show as we go into video games. Yeah, their history, our feelings about them, the top ten video games that we like, and, you know, their Illuminati connections. No, no, please don't make me talk about the Illuminati. I gotta talk about the skin. Yeah, can we do one show without talking about the scum. It's my mission to shine a light on the illumination of the Illuminati scum, Dave. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing what your favorite video games all time. And I are. look forward to teaching you sheeple about the scum. Right. And that's this Thursday on the, the Dave and Angus show. show. All right, you guys. So now we mosey on to our final segment of today's show, and it's for the first time since the second episode of this show. It's not the inside shit. Where's Monique? We want Monique. Oh, she'll be back, and you can definitely hear her every Wednesday on the Dipshit Files. Oh yeah, I forgot about but that. This week I have a special treat. I'm very fortunate to have a lot of wonderful people in my life, and every once in a while I get to sit down and talk with them. Oh crap! For our very first Catcast conversation, we've got a guy who's a comedian. He organized comedy events. He's probably one of the best MCs ever. He was the MCs for Spokane Hempfest and Northwest Greenfest. He's the man. He's also a huge ski bum. Yeah, and he moved to Oklahoma. I don't know about how the skiing in Oklahoma is, but I have a feeling we'll be seeing him in the wintertime. He's the opposite of a snowbird. Does that make him a sunbird? I don't fucking know. Well, his name is James Roadkill Riggin, and I got to do this interview before he moved, and he's been moved for a while, and he had quite the journey getting there, it sounds like. But I thought I'd share this with you guys. And it was Roadkill that introduced me to Dan in the first place. He booked Dan a few times, and then I started booking Dan, and it was fun. But I think you'll find out real quick, Roadkill's a fun guy, and we talk about all sorts of shit. But here we go. This is Scatcast Conversations. Scatcast Special Feature. <laughs> 
Conversations. I'm, I, like I, don't, I don't have an ear. I, or maybe I do. I think you probably do. You're a music fan. I am a music fan. I can tell you good music from bad music, and then I can tell you what is probably good music, but people don't like it because it's dumb. I don't know. Maybe not, it, it might not be. It might be too generic for them, but it's still like good musicians, good vocals, mm. but people don't like it because it's Godsmack. God's man. <laughs> no. I don't, what? What, <laughs> what? Why is that? What's that? No. Nickelback. Nickelback. <laughs> God dang it. Those guys. <laughs> you know, isn't it weird? Like, all right. In the 70s, you know, Kansas was the biggest, one of the biggest bands. They had one of the biggest songs. You know, I don't know what the hell. But lots of these bands. I think I have they that shit, album. They, in the 80s and 90s, it was like shit on Kansas <laughs> for two decades. Well, I and Boston. What, Both. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. All the state and city uh, fucking bands yeah. named after Chicago. Get right. the fuck out of Alabama. We hate you. <laughs> but you were cool. You were cool. But yeah, they they the shit on them now. But that's Nickelback. That's what happened to Nickelback. Yeah. Limp Biscuit. All the things from the 2000s. Uh, Creed. They're all like, that shit sucks. Except for, you know, Deftones are like, they're, they're still cool. Right. But it, I feel like it's going to do that again where it's like, it's going to, there'll be a Limp Biscuit song on, you know, a Supernatural. The Supernatural of, you know, 2024 in the future or whatever. And it'll be like, fucking Limp Biscuit's back, baby. Yeah. And you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Why do we build people up to tear them down? I, well... That's weird. You know, that's a really good question. But just thinking about how in 20 years we hear what we were making fun of, but like, yeah, you know, like Limp Biscuit. Right. I mean, I like Limp Biscuit. And then, of course, you know, people's talk and everything makes you kind of lose respect for Limp Biscuit. And then Limp Biscuit kind of does things that make you lose respect for Limp Biscuit. But right. then, like, 30 years later, and you're like, you the know, Nookie. What yeah, about the Nookie. That's a stupid But today, yeah. If I'm listening to, you know, the radio and all about the, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah right? you know, yes. or that, you know, with that one with Method Man, but Method Man, you can never do wrong with Method Man, Fair enough. no matter what. Fair enough. <laughs> so you're probably wondering, who am I talking to right now? Oh yeah. Hi. How's I'd it going? Like, welcome to, I'd like to welcome you to you a, a very special inside shit uh, <laughs> for your scat cast. And this is a good friend of mine, Mr. James Riggin. We call oh, him Roadkill. Roadkill. And uh, actually has many nicknames. I do. But I, I brought him on for many reasons because he's one of my good friends and he's moving away and it's like an exit interview. We're like, <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, let's hear all the things you know. But he also has some history with Dan Cummins and I know that a lot of you guys are, are big Suckmaster fans. And I thought he and I could talk a little bit about, you know, some of our early days doing, you know, comedy around Dan. And yeah. James actually being a comedian and... Uh, and then, was uh, a comedian. It's a, right. James was a comedian. Still one of the funniest humans you've ever seen, but he's not on stage these days. But also an incredible MC, And uh, and he helped... I mean, you were right there for when Dan was really at the very beginning, like right after the beginning stage. And, yeah. And you, we can talk more about that. And I don't know your story with him as much. You know, <laughs> we can talk about it. But that's why James is on. And James is a, you know, he works with, we were going to have him work with Sovereign. He did a couple shows as our MC. He was so awesome for the band. We're, we'll miss you for that. But we're still going to do stuff from a distance because this world is smaller. 
Yes, but, I hope so. But yeah, I wanted to just talk to this guy because he's going to be uh, in our podcast family when he starts his podcast, when he gets settled in his next place. We're going to bounce people. Uh, we're going to talk back and forth and we'll, we'll talk about stuff. Yeah. But yeah, well, that's. Uh, we were talking about all sorts of shit before we started the podcast. <laughs> but why don't we talk about uh, Dan a little bit to start things off and stand up uh, in the Spokane area in the Inland Northwest? Like, what was it like? What was the atmosphere like? It's so funny because it was, if, what was it like? What year? Yeah, 12, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, honestly, I'm sure a lot has changed, but a lot has stayed the same uh, as far as the comedy scene goes. But, you know, when I was doing comedy, I was doing it because, well, I was unemployed, right? So I had, quite honestly, uh, nothing better to do. I was looking for a job and I wasn't finding a job because... Because well, you're busy working on jokes. Yeah, because I was working on jokes and... Right. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is I was basically, uh, I had a friend do stand up and I watched him and I was like, shoot, man, that looks like fun. If he can pull it off, I'm pretty sure I can pull it off. There's so a lot I mean, of that in the world, you man. know, that's just basically how it started. He's like, how funny was I? And you're like, I can do it better than you. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. You no. know, I mean, I, I almost had that thought and no. you know, if he ever hears this, he'd be like, nah, screw you, Fuck bro. You, you know, I'm funnier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so the first year, do I know him? Um, was he one of the comedians we worked with or no, because his name is bill and I don't think you ever worked with, cause bill got out of doing local comedy, you know, like a year or so before I did just because, you know, like he, he had a daughter and he was getting married. And so when you're first starting out in, well, just in anything, when you're first starting out, you know, in a band, when you're first starting out in comedy, when whatever you need to put as much time into your craft as possible. Yeah. But then let's say you have, you know, you, you have a kid or you're getting married. Known as, also known as distractions. Right. You have distractions yeah. and sometimes those distractions become more important. As well as you, know. you so have a kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, the, and that's cool. And that's basically, you know, what happened with Bill got married, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, honestly, I think if Bill would, would have stuck with it, uh, you know, he probably would have, you know, he, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he'd be a national touring comic. I would say that, yeah. you know, he was pretty, oh. he was a pretty funny dude. And I, I will say that I stole a couple of his jokes <laughs> from him. There's so much that so, happens you know, whatever. in the, yeah. the underground but, comedy. Yeah, exactly. It just happens. It's, a fucking, it's, it's local. It's a zoo. Yeah. I love it though. It was interesting. It was a lot. It was a lot of fun, you know, but I'm sure things are different now. I mean, shoot, when I was doing stand up, we had the brick wall comedy club, mm-hmm. which was basically a comedy club inside of a bar. Right. Right. I mean, Almost it was a comedy the, club. Yeah. But it was still more inside of a bar. Now we have the Spokane Comedy Club, Fantastic. which is fucking awesome. Yeah. And it is a comedy club. Yep. You know, the and, traditional in, yes, in all the great In senses. all the right. Yeah. Exactly. So I think, I think, you know, back in the day, um, local state, like local comics probably had a better chance to get up on stage. Um, now compared to what we, you know, with the, with our open mic night that we have now, um, cause it's a lot more popular. So it's harder to do time. I mean, you literally have to like reserve, you know, time and you get like two minutes and but, there's less places now. That right. And there's less places. Yeah. yeah. And then, but 15 years ago I could get up, there would be five to six comics, you know, and you could do 10, 15 minutes mm-hmm. and it would be okay. So you could actually really work your craft today. You get like two minutes mm-hmm. and 
that's kind of hard to work your craft into. I mean, if you can make somebody last for two warm minutes, up, really. you're yeah. good. Yeah, if you're yeah, depending but, on your style, right? But but come out of the gates fucking hard though. Your first minute and, should and that, just and that's, crush. And that's not me. Like I'm not a two minute comic. Right. I'm a storyteller, mm-hmm. and I usually don't finish with a punchline. I usually just finish the story with people laughing, and I'm like, huh, I just did that. <laughs> now I'm going to segue. Amazing. Now, yeah. yeah, how do I get to the next subject? Yeah. But, yeah, so I think it's harder, you know, for our local comics right now than it was back in the day. And so I think Dan, quite honestly, um, had a really big advantage. Uh, well, he had a really big advantage because we didn't have as much, but he also had a really big advantage because he was actually – Funny, right? The, the <laughs> brain inside his cranium right. is fucking filled with Dan. Exactly. There's a lot of local comics that are, that are you know that are funny people. Oh man. Um, but the way Dan's mind works is is a is a truly stand up comics mind. Yeah, he for cra- sure. He's he's a very very good comics comic. Yeah, he understands the craft really well. Yeah, and he studied uh, Jimmy Carr's book. That's awesome. Uh, and that's a good book for stand-up comedy where it's like, here's the deconstruction of the joke. Here are the forms of the joke. Get out there and joke. And, right. and be prepared to suck. And don't <laughs> steal my jokes. Don't steal fuck. my jokes. Yeah. No, so, it's cool to be able to, like you said, have the deconstruction, you know, like the, the beginning, the middle, the end, the punchline, and, and to be able to bring it back. But you got to be a funny person. And you some, do. Some people don't need any of that shit to be funny. Right. You know, Dane Cook, I mean... People give him shit and stuff, but he was really funny and he was really popular. But a lot of his jokes were just stories. Yeah, and it was because he was funny and charming, and and animated and and you know the things that also make people laugh besides a well structured joke. You know, yeah. irony and all the shit. You so. got to have a little bit of charisma on the stage. Yeah, right. It was kind of. I mean, people can talk shit, but like Farley, and I mean. Was he a stand-up comedian ever? I don't remember seeing him do stand-up ever. No, I mean, for sure, but, it, all improv. Yeah, yeah totally he, improv He mastered comic. physical comedy. He mastered that, that form of comedy. And it, That's, it's awesome when you can put physical comedy and verbal comedy together so well like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even like Jim Carrey, that dude's a, that dude's a genius. Yeah. He can, he can look like Jim Carrey, turn around, you know, and then look like somebody completely without putting on makeup. Like his facial yeah. expressions can actually make him look like somebody else. And he worked hard on that. Too. Yeah, he's a, yeah, yeah, amazing. And he's that's an, another amazing individual. Yeah, for sure. for sure. It's kind of fun to look at comics and then look up at, and then look at stand up comics. So you it's know, a different animal. A lot there of times. is, there is, and I think you know, I think Dan is a stand up comic. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure, you know, it's weird. I don't know. Even when we were like in our 20s, I couldn't see Dan being in a sitcom just because they're just so, what are my words, constricting. Yeah. Like you have to be and act a certain way throughout the whole show, the whole season, so on and so forth with Dan. You know, when you watch him in his stand-up, you know, he can change from like fun-loving Dan to does he really want to kill that person, Dan? (laughs) And yes, the answer is yes, Dan wants to kill (laughs) that person, probably. Very much so, Dan wants to kill that person. No shit. I I don't want to put thoughts in Dan's (laughs) mind or anything. I don't want to say that I know know, how he thinks, but it just, it feels that way. Like, he can change, and when when you're confined to a sitcom, you always have to be that particular person, that particular character. Right. Yeah, I... 
when I when I was uh, when we were actually doing that stuff with Dan, just after Dan had uh, had left, I wrote a script for Dan with him in mind as like because I didn't know, I didn't think that he could. Uh, I think he could do whatever. I didn't know what he could do. But I thought for sure he could be a crazy guy that was a pizza delivery guy. So I wrote this... Like this, in a porno? No. <laughs> I wasn't quite thinking of Dan in that way. But no, I wrote the script. It was just, you know, like the ins, the inside of a pizza. I, I compare pizza delivery guys to police officers, where police officers see all the weird shit that all the classes of people do. Like people up in the hills looking down on everybody. They still have... The, there's still domestic violence there. There's still bullshit... And pizza guys, same thing. Everybody eats pizza. Even the guys on the top of the hill every once in a while, they're like, fine, we'll slum it and get some pizza. <laughs> and they see all this shit. Oh, so yeah. to me, there was like this inner world and blah, blah, blah. But I saw Dan being this guy that had all the secrets where he's like, I know how to get extra tips. You know, you turn your heater on in the middle of summer, put your seatbelt on and you get sweat marks across you. Everybody tips more if they think you're working hard. If you're pitting out, that's for sure working hard. And you drive, you know, he drives a nice car, but he drives a shitty car to work. Because they're fucking like, oh, that guy needs an extra two oh, bucks yes. from me. And <laughs> I met a guy in, in, in one place when I worked, and he taught me all these things. And it was like, damn, you're a con artist, bro, in a legal way. That's interesting. And so I was like, well, I'll make Dan into that. <laughs> and I wrote it, and I never I never really presented it to him. That's, uh, so I just did that's other so funny, that, that story about pizza delivery. Because I think, I mean, I read somewhere, because I was a pizza. I mean, I've all done all sorts of you know jobs and and what and you know one of them was pizza delivery it's a good um, job actually. i loved actually yep. doing pizza delivery but it was funny the one thing that they talked about and i can't remember where i heard it was if you roll up with a nice car you will probably get less of a tip yep. when you roll up in you know like you can hear it coming yeah you know like kind of like my subaru right now i roll up in my subi doing ubers they're like oh man this guy needs 10 bucks instead of two this exactly. guy needs to fix his car <laughs> and you're like yes yes i, I do, do need to fix my let's yeah. let's maximize this fucking <laughs> this contract between each other. yeah yeah now it's it's crazy world so i'm curious Pause for passing the marijuana pipe. Well, yeah, see, we're in Washington. Legal marijuana. We can do that here. That's I'm right. moving to Oklahoma where I'm going to have to get my medical card. Ugh. But at least it's medical. And maybe we can do a green fest Ooh. in Durant. That'd be sweet. That would be well, pretty that's, sweet. That's, we could talk about that, too. That's something yeah. that, uh, you know, so so Roadkill and I have been activists in the marijuana world for quite a time. Quite a time. Quite, quite a time. Quite a time. Since 2003. Three or four. I don't know what your history goes back, but I know you've been. This has been a passion thing most of your life, right? Oh yeah. I mean, since I was probably thirteen years old. Right. That's pretty goddamn early. I think I was like seventeen. So yeah, I I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> you got the good shit, Dad. Thank you for teaching me about indica and sativa differences. I appreciate that. You know, funny story is I really, you know, I did learn, you know, about that. Uh, that subculture, you know, from my family. You know, I did learn it from my dad. But my dad cannot smoke today. Like, if he takes a hit of weed, he's I'm going to bed. Even wow. if it's a sativa, he takes a wow. hit, he's like, I'm out. That's how Monique is. Monique doesn't smoke <laughs> marijuana. You would think, you know, being married to me, she's like, oh, she's got to be a huge pothead. Have to. Never, never, <laughs> not since we've been married has I seen wow. her smoke. Yeah, we've been married 13 years. Huh. Just not for her. Um, but so we go back. We should tell the people our little yeah. history. So in, in 2003, um, I had a magazine called the Lilac City Nightmare that turned into the Nightlife Network. 
and uh, we started Hempfest in Riverfront Park in downtown Riverfront Spokane. Park. And there was a bunch of us that came together. Now this is Eastern Washington. Yes. Eastern Washington is for Washington is the most conservative part of Washington. It's I'd Western say. Idaho. It's is Western where, Idaho. Yeah. yeah, very conservative. It is not Western Washington. Yeah, like this is. Uh, <laughs> People were not for marijuana no, in 2003 in Eastern Washington. No. So we were pariahs yes. and we came down to the, we went to the city and we're like, Hey guys, we want your nicest park in the middle of your fucking very, very, oh, not such a beautiful marijuana. park. Yes. Beautiful. Very beautiful. And we want to have a marijuana party for a couple of days and just bring out all the people that think marijuana is great. And they're like, yeah, you know, marijuana is illegal. And we're like, yes, that's why we're going to do that. That's why we're going to do this. They're like, you're not going to smoke marijuana there. Like, oh, no. No, 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 no. No no one would do that. (laughs) And then then so we had our first one. Yes. And and James was our MC, and he fucking killed it, and it was fun. It was so fun. And we had... It's amazing, because as a promoter, there's never an easier gig than getting musicians to play Hempfest. Oh, no, that was easy. And yeah. you I mean, you pay them. They're like, fuck, fuck you. Take yeah. your fucking money. Yeah, yeah, you can keep it. Yeah, exactly. And it was, uh, <laughs> except for the national headliners, those, right. those people. But we didn't have those in Spokane. Not yet, no, right. not for those years. <laughs> and uh, But what a trip, man. It was such, such a fun thing to see our community come together. And uh, we met, you know, Kevin Oliver... He is actually a board member for National uh, Normal, the uh, National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Yep, Normal. And he, he earned that shit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was he was an editor-in-chief in my magazine. I was so proud to have him because he's this brilliant guy Super that was smart like, dude. I'm going to help the music community through this guy who's doing a magazine. It's like, oh, come here, Kevin. But he's just a brilliant guy. And he uh, he took all the power of the west side of the of uh, Washington to Seattle Hempfest, which was had been doing this for a decade yeah. or more, and had built strong up. following. Yeah, I mean they're the, they're the reason that mar- that that we've even heard of medical marijuana right. is partly the the Seattle guys, uh, the lawyers there and stuff. And Kevin's that kind of mind, and he networked with uh, you know some really brilliant lawyers and and the the founders of Hempfest and all these brilliant activists, and he earned his way to become you know a up there with Bill Maher and Willie Nelson, he sits at those board meetings with those guys and uh, Dale Stroop, I think is the name of the founder and blah, blah, blah. And Kevin sits there and he, he was with us for the very first Hempfest. He yeah. was, he was a founder of it on the business license with us and shit. Um, but yeah, we, we met so many wonderful people. I forgot where I was going with that, but we also met. We're a just bunch talking of about fucking, history, really, but like our we, history, yeah. right? <laughs> but didn't we meet a lot of shit lords too? Holy shit. There was, there was some real weirdos that, that, that got in there that wanted to fucking you know I was th- I, I would say that I am thankful or blessed enough that uh, I just got to be you know part of the talent and and kind of helping out with that um, I really thank God I didn't have to deal with the politics you had to deal with <laughs> with the R person and yeah. you know all that you know especially you know a couple years later and yeah. people wanting to money hungry individuals not doing it for you know, uh, doing it for the right reason, doing it for the wrong reason, for sure. The amount of politics in marijuana, that's the reason why it's not legal. It's right. not because, you know, all these people are like, we don't want it in our state. It's like, no, the people that want it legal will not agree with each other. Right. And, and they, they are fighting and they have these little infights. I mean, even when we were trying to legalize it, you know, when we voted to legalize it, there's a lot of people who did, you know, of course, that smoked. Uh, that I personally know that did not vote. Yeah, took away for their, the legalization. their money or their friends' money. Yeah, for well, that you know, for the pirates, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. And then you also because it would be the state doing it exactly. and doing it in, in a dumb way, which it yep. is kind of a dumb way. Some of the you know, some of the laws they disagreed with. Yep. Um, I don't know. I think 
you know, I mean, I didn't vote for it because there was a couple laws that I didn't agree with. I don't agree with the DUI law. That's right. Like for somebody who, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I mean, I've honestly been smoking weed since I was 13 years old and I'm 47 and, um, I could be completely blazed and I know I'm going to be okay. Not everybody. And you're a NASCAR fan. And I am. An, I mean, I only turn left. I know, I know. I know a NASCAR driver that's like, I love to drive smoking weed. I drive better. And it's like, dude, all right. All right you know, but but it isn't for everybody. No, you know, but I just think, not. you know, it, 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 it just it gives another reason not to protect and serve. It just gives a reason to pull over. Right. So I really didn't like that. And but extort. And, and yeah. you know, we. One one small step at a time. Yeah. So I'm cool that I'm I'm actually kind of cool that it's legal. I like, you know, I like to smoke. I like, I mean, I did sell weed, so it kind of sucked at the yeah. same time. Same. Like there goes my there there goes my fun money. You know, yeah. now I actually have to go buy it. What the fuck? You know, some people still sell it because uh, that Idaho over there. Yeah, that's I would true. rather chew off my arm than no. smuggle drugs into no. Idaho. No, I'd I'm rather not doing it. Eat a broken bottle and shit it out. Yeah. Then go no. do that. No. So, yeah, I mean, I, people would send stuff to Dan. Uh, and, oh, jeez. Yeah, and it's like, dude, don't do that. Yeah, that's and, a federal and, offense. And he's like, get it out of here. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 where, and where he lives. Dude, yeah. Mm, mm-mm. He was pretty open about it. So it was like, yeah. you know, I don't. So, but they, then they give it to me. They're like, <laughs> well, get this out of here. I'm like, oh, well, fuck yeah. I'll take all of that shit. And then, you know, so then I'm just sweating on the way home. Oh. I'm like, fuck my fucking life. This is. You know, in Washington, they're like, oh, here, we'll help you smoke it. You yeah, know, exactly. Uh, in Idaho, yeah. they're like, uh, there's a hole that we're going to put, you know, right. dirt over you. And, you know, you know that. I got pulled over in Idaho and I had some on me and uh, they just and I had a pipe on me, too. They made me like, you know, dump the weed out onto the gravel, step on it and then step on my pipe. And I was like, holy crap. I mean, I thought I was going to in Idaho. I thought I was going to jail. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm going to jail. But nah, and the funny thing is, there's discretion involved. Yes, so. well, a lot of good cops these days. Yeah, well, he happened to graduate maybe two years after I did, and was really good friends with my cousin. So oh, I was nepotism like, helped. Yeah, you, huh? I was like, oh, you remember so and so, so and so? He goes again. I'm like, dude, I'm James from high school. He's like, oh yeah, I totally remember. <laughs> He's like, dump it out, come on. I was like, all right, cool. So it, nepotism sometimes does work. But, yeah, you know, it's up sometimes. To the- it's all about who you're you're blowing. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, oh no. no. Who you're knowing. 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 Yeah. I thanks. misplace sometimes. It's uh, all right. Yeah. Consonants. Yeah. Let's Fucking see. What else? Let's see. Well, oh, you know I, what I really enjoy doing with you, though? You know, Green Fest was cool. Hemp Fest was really fun. Yeah. Uh, but I liked playing dodgeball. That was so fun. That was really fun. So God, Dodge mean, Fest, dude. Dodge Fest. That was... We. I mean, I'm sorry that I'm leaving because I, I think we need to... With, with COVID... <laughs> with COVID over, uh, right? Everybody's cured. An endemic that will be with <laughs> yeah, us forever. Right? Yeah. Um, but now that we, uh, now that we're not looked, you know, upon badly if we don't want to wear a mask, um, you can go do athletics. Yeah, we can go do whatever peers. we want, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's, I think it's something that you should do again. Mm. I think mm. you know, I I don't know if you know, you get a couple sponsors on that. I think. In the I black diamond. I don't know. I hate sales so much. I hate. Yeah, that's the why guy your like, magazine did so well because you had to like <laughs> well, do. Sa- well, okay. While it was going, it was doing well. It, you had to. That leave. was a lot of work. You left. Yeah, I did. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to. But then I went to California and started doing sales for mag- my magazines, and I'm like, you know. But you know, the worst worst thing is I tried to do a, a marijuana magazine with uh, 
and then I then I thought about it. It's like who are the advertisers for a marijuana magazine? It's like grow lights, and then it's like pot porn. It's like who the fuck is my audience for this? Like listening to artists talk about how they smoke weed. It's like that's that gets old. Yeah, so I just I don't know. And they already got high times. And so we're I, good with exactly that. Yeah, and, we're good. and cannabis culture. There's like fifty oh, yeah, magazines yeah, like that's that right, yeah. that do it better. And I was like, well, I, fuck, I don't know. And I had no connections in the music world there, so I was like. Well, I don't want to start over there. No. So it was a weird, weird time at Cali. So I ended up becoming a hermit, just podcasting, like to myself most of the time. <laughs> I, I turned Dave and Angus from like this radio thing into like literal people that live in my head. Yeah, it, no. Over four years, it was weird. You guys, but, Dave and Angus in his head is pretty scary. It is pretty scary. I'm like, see right there, dude. I got you shit just, going all the time. It's, it's weird. Just, it's popping off always. <laughs> Dumb. Yeah, but fuck. <laughs> uh, that was fun, dude. The Dodge Fest thing. Uh, I mean, we had a good team when yeah. we were doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, and we and we did the uh, the poker tournaments at that same place. Oh yeah, that's right. But, yeah, but Dodge Fest like, would be fun to do again, yeah, right? I think you could pull that off. I don't like leaving the house though. Yeah, I don't. I, well, you know what's well, you'd have to leave the house for the day. But most yeah, everything true. you could do from right here, right? True. Fair <laughs> enough. But it'd be fun to do the marketing campaign now with uh, the the Skakast style shit and stuff. Oh, it'd be fun to do. Yeah. But yeah, but we've done we did a ton of things together. Uh, it's funny how Spokane just lets you do stuff here. That's why it's it's not a big city. Uh, it's you know one one of the hundred biggest cities in the United States, but there's quite a drop off after the first you know fifteen twenty. <laughs> and uh, but they have big city stuff, you know, like the park and and you know we've been lucky enough to use the nicest theaters that they have. We've yeah, done big. You know, you've played the Bing Crosby Theater a couple yeah, times. Twice. We, yeah, we've yeah. done. Uh, we've used the convention center before. We've, I mean, I've been given the Spokane Arena one time. That was neat. That's pretty awesome. Uh, we've done big parks. We haven't done a few places I'd like to do, but there's, you know, we've done a lot of the big ones. And this town, like, they gave me their a radio show on their yeah. local community. It's like, who the fuck? Try going to San Francisco and doing that. No, you know, you're right. You're right. That's what. Yeah, we have a lot of advantages here uh, for entertainment that a lot of people don't. A lot of people who want to entertain don't even realize that we have. Yeah. I mean, we have local theaters that are awesome. We yes. have improv theaters. We, you know, we have a lot of shit going on. Even you know, when if you're a band or a stand-up comedian, you know, we have the Spokane Comedy Club and we have the Knitting Factory for bands and for comedians. And if you're trying, if you go play, even in Seattle, but you know, certainly L.A. or San Francisco, anywhere in California, New York. Try getting a fucking gig, and really try getting a gig at a at a place that people will be at. Right. Very difficult. Spokane, you could be in a metal band for three months, and if you just know someone, uh, you will find your way to this knitting factory stage as an opener in some show, and you will get that experience in front of fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred people, or you know eight hundred people, which is or four hundred people. Right. Still an amazing experience that bands in Seattle, New York, whatever are fighting to get. Yeah, they're lucky to get a corner spot in the bar. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I would see bands like, um, there's a band in Spokane, the members are called Everyone Loves a Villain. Yeah, Everyone Loves a Villain. But yeah. they played in a band called Lucid and a couple other bands after that. Yeah, but, Five Foot Thick. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. They absolutely murdered on shows outside of town because they had worked their craft like a comedian does. They, they right. had an audience to, to you know, four or 500 people really quick into the gigs right you know so they were ready to take on a big show somewhere else and just crush it because they're like yeah we already did this to our friends and shit at home it's well and that's and weird. that's the thing that we're lucky about too is we can conquer you know we can conquer our backyard 
before you try to go conquer somebody else's backyard. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you can't, I mean, and, and it's true, if you can't make it in Spokane, then don't try to make it anywhere else. Right. But if you can create like a following here in Spokane, then you can you create a, a following anywhere else. And and with today's media, you know, all the social medias, all the, you know, man, there's just so, I mean, I don't even really know what the TikTok thing is. I feel kind of old with that. But there's just so much different styles of social media, so many different streaming, music streaming, all that kind of fun stuff that you can take over your backyard and then through social media take over everybody else's backyard. Absolutely. It's, it's a weird double-edged sword because uh, on you can hear my chair squeaking. <laughs> yeah, but on one level, you know, you have people that say when I started doing music, all I wanted was for people to hear my music. I've always said I'd rather be heard than paid. It's like I've just made this art and I have, I guess, something to say and I wanted to hear it. I want people to hear it. You know, and the internet was young uh, when I was doing it and people were just buying CDs and it was expensive to print CDs. And, you know, even though you have connections to play shows, it's still tough to get people out to your show, all those right. kind of things. And so the internet comes along and it's like, well, we'll trade your ability to sell CDs and these different income streams that an artist will have, even as a starting artist. Uh, you can keep some of them, you know, your T-shirts and shit. But we're going to trade you the potential... That if you're if you're up with the social media, you know algorithms. If you understand it, if you post consistently, a chance for you to to have your your music heard, even on a low level, like fifteen thousand people will get to hear it. Right. You know, if you throw a hundred bucks on a Facebook ad, you might get fifteen thousand people that'll listen to it or whatever. You know, and 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 all the reactions that fifteen thousand people would do, which is maybe two hundred and fifty people like it or everyone hates it or right, whatever you know, comments. That's like this weird trade where you're like, well, I am being heard. Right. I'm being heard by all my neighbors. I'm being heard. By, and they're judging it. And maybe they don't care because, you know, there's a lot to compete with nowadays. But it's this weird trade where as an artist, you're like, fuck. I mean, what more do I want? I mean, 15,000 people. I've never played a gig to 15,000 people right. at once. But that's what I'm doing with the Internet. And that's pretty neat. Compared to if I played a show to 100 people and sold CDs there, I could make, you know, money. And, and yeah. I don't know. It's just it's a different It is, it is a trade off. It yeah. is a trade off. But I like it more, I like the decentralization, like record labels are almost, I mean, they basically are just recruiting tools tools for corporations to make movie stars out of eventually, it seems right. like. So now it's just, bands are the rebels again. Bands are out in the fucking fringes and, and you know, artists, rappers and stuff. They're all There's in the fringes so making their own. much out there. They're making their own communities. Yeah. It's a great time to be alive, but it's. You know, we've been alive for the last two decades where artists are like, how the fuck do we make money? Right. How do we do this? And now it's about how do I, how do I get seen and heard? Yeah. How do I, how do I rise above this mass of people right. that all want to be famous for right. something? Yeah. I but think, I think once you good get, art. yeah, if you make good art and you're seen and you're heard, then everything else will happen naturally. Right. I think so. Yeah. But it, or, or persistence as well, because yes. you can have a lot of talent. Okay, I can't say that I have a lot of talent, you but you can have, have some. <laughs> you certainly have a lot of talent. But you can have some talent, but if you don't have like the persistence, um, you know, and the drive to keep pushing, right. you know, like when you fall, you know, like how many times can you fall down and get back up? Well, Every time, you know, until you're dead. I exactly. And if you, in so it's, it's, it is, you know, you can be talented, but if you're not persistent or it's something holds you back, you know, whatever it is, there's too many freaking excuses oh, man. but you know you have if you have to take your talent and you have to be persistent what's you know nice about today is if you are persistent 
you can be seen, you can be heard. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we have Justin Bieber to prove that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And how <laughs> so. many how many artists have made become famous from SoundCloud? You know, right, completely right. independent uh, artists and stuff, and and you know, not even famous. It's just building a community and and. I mean, Being there are so many different with people. It's, there's so many different entertainers out there. You can name one person that a million people could know, mm-hmm. and I may not know them, right? Because there's so many. You know, it's not like in the 30s when you're like Betty White is the only female actress. Right. You know, like <laughs> everybody better know Betty White, right? Right. Uh, but today, there's just so much out there uh, that you know, millions of people could know who you are, but there's still so many more that don't. Yeah. It's weird. We were talking about this before we started where the whole world is just, I don't know. We used to watch three channels. Right. Yeah. And so 80% of the population would watch one big show or like, you know, and so we all had these conversations. And you have to wait, 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 week to week to see what's going to happen. Right. And if you missed it, motherfucker. Yeah. No reruns. What the fuck? And there's no Wikipedia to read the plot line. You got to listen to Uncle Joe tell you his drunken recap of the story. (laughs) And it's like, oh, fuck. Oh, all in the family. Let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But now, now it's like there are so many options in each household there. The likelihood of everybody watching the same program is like. One percent. So, I mean, that's not even a lie because my wife and I, there is two people in my house hold two of us. Right. And there are some shows that we watch together, but there are a ton of shows that we do not let, you know, that she'll like that I do not want, you know, and those shows that I want to watch that she she does not want to watch. Exactly the same. So it's so it's, but you know, back in the day, even like as far back as, you know, the eighties when we were kids, you know, it was, you watched mash cheers right you know like yep. those were the you know that well, was wheel of fortune wheel, and jeopardy yeah, and, wheel shit, of fortune. And, like, and everybody knew and everybody like you'd go to school the next day and everybody would talk about the same show yeah. nowadays you go to school and like you were saying you know they're watching some weird korean television program yeah, that has nothing obscure to do with from the 60s <laughs> right. it's got like yeah and you're like what the f- <laughs> what i'm really into that it's a whole genre it's a subgenre, and then they're kind of offended that you've that never you heard don't of it. Know. You're like, "God damn, dude!" They're like millions of people in this fucking subgroup of subgroups. It's like, yeah, but yeah. there's there's billions there's of people, billions on, the of people earth. on the yeah. earth, and just about as many TV shows on the <laughs> earth too. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird thing to not speak. I mean, we're watching only a few events together, and then right. we're filtering it different. But we promise yeah. not to talk about politics or religion while we're talking, right? But All right, yeah, cool. No, we didn't promise shit. No, we can talk about whatever it happens we want. sometimes, but you know. I think we're in a place, you know, in a universe where we're here just to allow people to, to, uh, you know, laugh, have a good time, see who we are, not really worry about who I do and, or everybody that I hate. Yeah. It's a sandbox. <laughs> it's a sandbox if you want it to it's be. It's a sandbox. But it's or, also a hell. Or if a you, cat box. <laughs> it's a kitty shit sandbox. <laughs> it's a place for turd kicking. Yes, we all need sure. to, we all need to shit in the same sandbox, right? <laughs> we do. We gotta learn to play together. Yes. And you can't just shit wherever you want. No. The no. cat that shits wherever they want and throws the sand everywhere, it's like you're not a you're not a great cat. No, that's my cat. Well, she doesn't shit wherever she she'll shit in the cat box, but she jumps out of that thing so fast. Everything's out. Everything's out. I was like, oh. Well, I wanted to go back to, to some Dan, wow. some Dan stuff. Some like, Dan stuff. Do you remember when you met Dan, or when the first time you saw Dan was? Was it at a comedy thing? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know Dan outside of comedy. Quite honestly, um, I think he was me either. I don't know if he was. St- I think he might have been a senior still at Gonzaga. 
when I had met him. Because you're the guy that brought him into my world. But, you're the one that booked him, right? Right. Yeah. He was still, I mean, I, his main booker was this guy named Treble, who he loves. Uh, and, you know, but it's so funny because, you know, you hear like horror stories about the same person. Um, but the funny thing is, is the horror stories that you hear about that individual are from people who Pissed were off. half funny. Yeah. That so, you know, further. then you hear like Dan, who's, you know, he's legitimately funny and he's like, he loves, he loved Treble and what he did for him in his early days. A lot of talented you know? people that are pissed in the world because they weren't, they or, either didn't work as hard right. or they weren't lucky. A lot they weren't of lucky life, enough or they, or they didn't work hard enough or they weren't as talented or they weren't as, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and so and they get right, mad. That, that difference is, is. Dan's real good at that because yeah. he rose to the top quickly. He, he worked hard. He worked super he, hard. He rose to the top because first time I saw him, we had done comedy for a while together, and I loved the comedians in the Spokane area. They fucking made me laugh every week that we did it. Yeah. It was always fun. Something about Dan where it was like, that guy just murdered this room. He knows how to, he, he knew how to put it. it together, for in sure. In a way that, I mean, and, and there, the people in Spokane that were headlining the shows that we were doing right. before we'd met Dan or like at the same time, I guess that when Dan wasn't there murdered rooms too. Yeah. But there was just this level where you're like, I guess it would be like if you're watching Alex Rodriguez play baseball in high school against normal kids that aren't going to pros where you're like, that kid hits the ball so much further than that. Those other kids, right. even though those great, those kids are like all state, all sit, you know, but Dan's like, fucking that guy's going to be Hall of Fame or something. He shit. was a pro from the get-go. Mm -hmm. You know, like he knew how to talk to the audience. Uh, he he knew how his, to handle a heckler. He, he was original, too. He would name his jokes. Oh, like, oh yes, I love... Doing that. He did that in the fucking... When edit, yes. In our, like, the Chinese food restaurant yes. gigs that we did and stuff. He was, like, <laughs> doing this groundbreaking shit. Uh, yeah, naming your jokes and, and saying them out loud. Because, you know, a lot of comedians will name their jokes and they'll put them on their records or whatever. Right. But to say... But you turning know, that into another is, joke. Yeah, I call this... Uh, I think my favorite one, honestly, and I wish he would still do it. And honestly, I, I wish kind of he would do this with, uh, with the Is We Dumb, but... um. He needs to make his uh, his cards, you know, like his oh, Mother's Day cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he needs to make that shit a reality. I wonder. I know he wrote a kid's book. I don't. I don't oh, know. really? Yeah. I don't oh, know God. If he, I, need to, I don't yeah. know if you ever did. I don't think I, I, I don't think I, I know. I mean, I, he hasn't done them. I don't think he's ever done greeting. He's, well, he's done the joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's the greatest. I mean, I mean, that's I've been working out. Oh, oh <laughs> Father's Day. Yes, exactly. No, the. That was probably like when I first met Dan, when he did that joke, uh, I was like, oh my God, this guy, this, the, here, this is Spokane's Dan Cook. Yes. You know, absolutely. I was like, holy shit. This, this guy's from Spokane. Oh no, no. He's from Riggins, Idaho. That's almost he's, your name. Yeah. It's, yeah it's I mean, almost. it's almost my name. You add an S yes, and it's, that's it's my name. That, yeah. But I was like, how was I, I was in disbelief quite on. I mean, I here, I hope he doesn't listen to this cause it's just going to fill his head. But <laughs> I was just quite honestly amazed with the quality of his jokes, how well he's put together from this kid, you know, basically from small town, Idaho, who, you know, is living in Spokane to go to college, mm -hmm. killing it, yeah. just killing it. I, I felt lucky enough. I just felt lucky to be able to, MC the shows that he headlined. Yeah. You know, I'm like, holy shit, I get to be on the stage with this guy right here. And this is, you know, 15, 16 years ago. And now, you know, we could all shit. tell that the guy had 
magic. Something. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It was it was special. Yeah, yeah. The first time I saw him, it just blew my mind. Yeah. And then uh, we got and he worked for me and you for free basically. And you worked for him too. Or, or yeah. Wait, he worked for you. Well, yeah, he worked for me at the magazine. Yeah, he did a couple articles, and then, we, and and then I worked for him because yeah. we, uh, we did the one Met show with him. Oh uh, yeah, the, yeah, Cross- Laughing Stock. Yep. Yeah, the we did. Be, did we? Was it Laughing Stock one or Laughing Stock two? I don't remember. We did two of them. I can't remember which one he headlined. I think it was the first one. Was it the first I one? I think so. But maybe yeah. no, it was the second was one. I have the, the poster somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it was the second one. Yeah, but. Uh, no. And he had long hair, no facial hair. Yeah, Dude. he looked completely different. He does not look like he did. No, uh-uh. 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 it's so funny. But what were some other comedians that that you remember from the time that uh, Harry J. Riley? Yeah, to Harry me was Riley's a guy that still I feel around. Like, I feel like he really is another high level yeah. comedian. He's uh, he's Harry probably Riley. a guy that would be awesome. on, yeah. on a sitcom with Harry J. Riley, the J stands for hilarious. Yeah, as he does. would tell you. Um, <laughs> no, hilarious. it's. I've never met a man who's so comfortable with being as crasp as one could be. Like he doesn't like he'll talk about his dick and it's like, like, you know, I don't know, like children talking about, they've learned the number three, (laughs) you know, he just keeps going on and on about his wiener, which I mean, it must be something. It must be. It must be something. But uh, he's done a lot. Honestly, I kind of keep an eye on him. Uh, I keep, I kind of keep an eye on the local comics from afar. They have no idea that I follow them on the Facebook and the media, you know, stuff like that. But uh, he was doing what's, you know, Harry J. Riley doing cool things for Spokane comedy, um, doing like comedy classes, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. I mean, Hell some yeah. people might think it's cheesy to to go learn about comedy, but you have to understand that some of the best actors go to school, some yeah. of the best comics, oh, yeah. you know, whether it's you know, new school or they're just, you know, doing improv classes, you know, some of the best entertainers are, and they're still continuously learning. Mm -hmm. They'll have acting coaches. They have, you know, they help, they have people help write their jokes, all that kind of fun stuff. So I think it's really cool that Harry and a couple of his other friends, um, have taken that role. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, well, we need to build this community to be, to be bigger and better. I love so let's that. help. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause they would have loved to have some help oh, coming up here too. Yeah. Same with musicians. Yeah. That's, that's why I did the magazine. It's like, no one's helping anyone. Nobody's helping anybody. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how to help, but I'm going to ask for help with this magazine. <laughs> you know? and, and so, yeah. And that's, yeah. Harry's good. Harry's good awesome. And he's a photographer too. He's, Is he? dude, um, he's had a, you know, just here, um, you know, in our, at our state fair, he's had, um, you know, some pictures and some awards and, nice. you know, it's all natural photography. You know, I think like his, his favorite thing to take pictures of like birds and, you know, bald eagles and stuff like that. But he's, you know, he's, he's a very talented individual more than just com you know just more than just being a comedian mm-hmm. he's got other talents he's got a grown daughter which always weirds me out because the way he talks you would think that he would have no children right because he's filterless <laughs> you know i'm like you talk that way around your kids he's like a show business you know so but um ken mccomb ken yeah. mccomb he's been in the spokane comedy scene I mean, I don't even know how long, like 20 plus years, yeah. you know, um, he's still doing comedy. Um, I follow him on the Facebook and he's got, you know, grandbabies and, you know, we're all getting old and stuff like that. But, you know, so there's still some of the, I, I don't know any of the new school comics, um, but uh, the, the key, you know, like Harry and Ken, um, 
And then there was a couple. I can't even think of their name. I can't like think Justin of Justin Time. Oh yeah. Now Justin Time. I I don't think he does comedy anymore, but he still does entertain people. Hmm? Um, He's in prison, isn't he? No, <laughs> I I don't think it's my my place to share who he is. Okay. Um, but he does do some entertaining. Um, for the Spokane Chiefs. Oh, cool. So I can say that he um, is involved with a hockey team Kick-ass. here in Spokane. Right. Um, but I won't tell you what he does because I just don't think it's my place. Fair enough. You know, he, he was a funny, funny. Oh, my dude. God. And he, he, the whole crew. I mean, yeah. everybody from back then was, I mean, I can't, you know, too much weed, you know, too much time. I can't remember everybody's names, but we had, we did, we had a really good time. Yeah. Um, why can't I? Well, there were so uh, many great, great comedians at that time. That, yeah, that I forgot. Yeah, like as as uh, it's like, can we book that guy? And it's like, I don't know who he is. Yeah, uh, a lot of people came through town. I mean, yeah. we booked uh, you know quite a few. I guess we regional. were lucky that way. Yeah, yeah. I remember one guy came in. And he's like, pick any any artist, and I'll play a song. Oh, and yeah. I'll and I'll play and I'll sing a silly song and the you know and that was good. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. actually a good guitar. He did player, that at the singer. the poker joint. Yep. Right. Yeah. 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 No. You should have Man. seen some of the gigs we had, some of the places we put comedians. It was wherever we could get them. It, what's of, so weird is early aughts. what we did. Like, I don't even remember half that stuff. I know, right? You know, I don't remember half the comedians. I don't, man, we had a good time. We did have a good time. That yeah, was, a, you know, that was Hempfest time. Hemp we were Fest, also doing Hempfest yeah. at the time. So, but you were just such an awesome producer. You, you seemed uh. very focused. Dri- I don't know. Like when you moved to Cali, like my producer left, mm. I was like, well, shit, now I got to go get a real job. <laughs> when you I know? moved to Cali, I was like, I, I miss all my friends immediately. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't have anything to do here yeah, other it's gonna than be, woodshed. Yeah. So I'm going to move to Oklahoma. And I'm like, but, but Oklahoma becomes better immediately for you well, doing that. Yeah. And it's a growing, it's a growing city. It's a college city. There's, um, oh shit. Uh, I think like the 26th or the 27th, I, Slipknot is playing at the casino in Durant, Oklahoma, where I'll be living. Oh, that's like a gift to you. I'm like, well, I won't be there. Oh, you won't be there yet. I won't be there yet. I'm leaving on the 4th of April. That's right, yeah. But that made me think there's more possibilities here. It's on the map. It's on the map. (laughs) They have a McDonald's, at least one. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know, I'm an hour and a half away from Dallas, which is cool. Yeah. I'm going to go see Paul McCartney. Um down there so i'm, I'm awesome. pretty stoked to see paul mccartney well let's let's uh i want to talk about your podcast for the last little okay, bit cool and i want to hear about uh <laughs> you've got a couple ideas that you want to do yeah so the biggest okay so i don't know in my 20s i was a roadie for a local band here uh in spokane called five foot thick that became a regional band and they became a region and they were a pretty big deal they were pretty awesome they were. actually they great music influenced the shit out of this region yes i mean i would have to say the they were place. the biggest push in like especially the spokane area for the metal scene yeah like and in anywhere like kind of new metal yes from like eastern washington to montana you know and then over to seattle you know, we were just killing it down in Cali. Um, sold a bunch of records. Sold them, yeah. Uh, a bunch um, of uh, labels went yeah. after them. They got signed to a couple labels at yeah. that point, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, Eclipse Records it was the out, big one. Put a, their biggest record, or maybe it wasn't the best-selling record, but it was one of the biggest, 
had Miles Kennedy from Alter yeah. Bridge. That was their last album too. Yeah, yeah. And that was a fucking amazingly produced album. What was really cool about that album is is kind of a a change of sound. It was, yeah. You know, they they really did kind of turn the metal up on that one. I'd say, yeah, because uh, the you know the first couple you know. Um, first couple of circles was certainly like that G core new metal rap mm-hmm. metal yep. feel. Um, but you know, um, it still as, had a skater vibe right. to it though. It was and, cool. And you know, as they, as they progressed, they got heavier. I always told them they were heavy metal through the circle, you know, like doing this during circles. I was like, you guys are so heavy metal. They'd be like, no, we're not. <laughs> their right. last album we're was punk rock. Yeah. Their last album was just super metal, but I love, I love five foot thick. Anyways, I was a roadie for those guys you know i'm just and the bass guitars and i would talk about music and talk about bands and you know i and and still to this day i don't know shit about music so the bass guitarist when we'd be having our discussions he'd be like james shut up you don't know shit about music so it's been this kind is chris of Demers, yeah it's chris yeah, yeah chris demers always telling me i don't know shit about music which compared to chris demers i don't know shit about music i played in a band with him i also don't know shit yeah about music that guy i mean and it can just i mean it's everything yeah. it's it's everything it's everything like he went to school for music so yeah you, you don't know shit about music he's when, a very brilliant guy when yeah. you're talking to chris mm-hmm. um so so it was when it, it just kind of played around in my head for the longest time. And so when I moved down to Oklahoma, I'm going to start a podcast and it's kind of a, it's kind of like a history podcast or just a knowledge podcast, um, about all things, all things, music, um, from bands to musicians, to genres, to, you know, where did, where did music come from? Where did genres come from? You're going to do a bunch of research, aren't you? I'm going to, it's going to be kind of a music style of like time suck. Right. That's, you know, I'm really like Dan really, uh, you know, inspired me um, to do that style. Awesome. You know, um, hopefully adding some funny quips and stories um, and so on and so forth. Um, Just that's kind of who I am naturally. Yeah. Um, Well, you are a comedian, so. Well, I was a comedian. Waka waka. You're a funny human. (laughs) I'm a funny human. I'm a good storyteller. So I'm hoping that these can turn into fun stories. And what I really wanted to turn into is even, you know, interviewing musicians, you know, um, uh, going on the road, like when Sovereign Citizen gets ready to go on the road, I want to go on the road with them, not as just roadkill, you know, but I want to do my podcast on the road with you guys, you know, like, you know, things that happen when you're on the road, stuff like that. I'd love to turn it into, um like a nightly YouTube where I'm just, you know, it's news on music. So at nine o'clock, you know, live, I'm going to be on YouTube talking about what happened in music that day. I would love to wake up for you guys to wake up like every Wednesday morning and hear like the latest records that I've listened to mm-hmm. and my perspective on them. Fuck yeah. Cause right. Tuesdays, right. Tuesday, that's when records still come out, right? I think so. I don't New know. releases are on Tuesdays still. I, don't know. I mean, I, I, what's a record? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love and, and that's another thing that I'll do too, is I'm going to put on records. I have a record, I've, Shit, uh, yeah. you know, we'll play records. They sound great. You know, I love records, but yeah, yeah. but I just use records as a, you know, I mean, that's what the hip hoppers use mm-hmm. when they're talking about I, I you know agree. a track they're or like mixtape oh, yes ooh, yeah, a yeah. mixtape yeah mix yeah um so you know there's you know it's it's gonna take time but the first thing is going to be i don't know shit about music 
be love music. Right, because I love music, and I want to know more about it, you know. I, and you do know some shit. I, know, I do, I do, but there are so many Full bands that I love out there, but I don't know anything about them. Right. There are bands out there, and I don't even know the names of the musicians. So you're going to discover these things with your audience. Yes. That's fun. You know, I like oh, that. Yeah. It's it's a it's going to be a discovery show. Fuck yeah, I love not on discovery. Yeah, no, no, well, a discovery. <laughs> the, the the reason why I love this this show idea, not just because you're hosting it, is because, like we were talking about, we've decentralized media in some way, and so record labels don't exist. Right. There has to be things that filter through the sea of forgive me, but mediocrity that exists that, you know, there's tons of music that doesn't belong on a record label. There were record labels, but it's out there. They have sound clouds. They have blah, blah, blah. And yay, make music. But we want to find all these great places, you know, and Rolling Stone, they have their friends and, and, you know, all these companies that put out magazines or have websites to do it. They, they do the corporate dance a lot of the time. It'd be nice to have the decentralized groups, uh, you're basically going through a bunch of bands and being like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I love this. I right. bet people that like my kind of music would love this. Soink, and then put that on. And well, I, I could even I love that. I think that's even cool. do suggestions too. Like even if it's some, for instance, you know, like the Nickelback and the Godsmack and the bands that I don't like. Oh, all but all. I, you know, <laughs> I don't. You know, I'm. I'm gonna. I, you know, I'm. But you can I, recommend I like that. if you like garbage. Well, no, I no, no. Found, <laughs> Doing the research like of those bands, like bands and studying those bands, I'm hoping to get a new perspective of those. And not maybe I don't appreciate them for their music. Okay. But let me learn to appreciate them for who they are. Right. So that's my buddy Roadkill. You can see why we all like him. Thank you for listening to this week's Inside Scooper. I hope you enjoy this week of Scatcast Universe material. What's with the Scatcast Universe crap? Shut up, Steve. Thanks to the Scatcast crew and all of you, and we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like the present. Prepare yourself for punk music. Bong, Bong fart. <laughs>